At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? What would you do if you had an opportunity to learn over and over most pivotal lessons from your father? All the errors and mistakes, ups and downs, and also opportunities to grow and turn your life around and build a multi-million dollar business. Today, Gay is going to shed the light what it means to be a true entrepreneur, what it means to start over, and what it means to do things better. He built a multi-million dollar cleaning business, an opportunity to really help and impact larger corporations, but also people that work with them hand in hand to make communities better. Today, we have a chance to speak with Tim Merch. He is a chairman of CEO 4M Building Solutions, former hockey player, athlete itself, graduate from University of Missouri, but also a huge contributor to people in St. Louis area through his volunteering and supporting as a chairman, Buddy Fund. What did they do there? Let's discover some amazing things for children, which I'm super thrilled and excited. Uh, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear from Tim. Tim, welcome. Well, thank you very much, Isabel. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here on the Legacy Leader Show and to really shed some light on some amazing work you've been doing for decades. You had obviously a very interesting upbringing. And if you don't mind sharing, how did you get into this industry and some amazing lessons you learned from your father? Yeah, it's a, it's a long story. Uh, my father was a depression child. Uh, long story short, his mother died when he was 14. Uh, his father worked two jobs during the war. He put himself through the University of Missouri uh, in college and then had the opportunity to get in the, the janitorial business and grew that uh, from 1952 to 1969 to be the largest contractor in St. Louis. And I had grown up in the business, uh, not from the beginning, obviously, uh, but along the way. And uh, it was a great business. And he ended up selling it in 1969. And he calls that mistake number one. He took it all in stock, uh, which is a company on the New York Stock Exchange that was at 24 and was supposed to triple. Well, unfortunately, in fairly short order, it went down to two and an eight. So here's my company and here's this worthless piece of stock. So watching that, uh, things register in what work and what don't work. Um, yes. And that's stuck with me forever in, in regards to don't bet the farm. Uh, but, you know, it's okay to leverage, but don't take it too far. And then um, he moved on to what he refers to as mistake number two, which is building an ice rink in Columbia, Missouri, where he's a past president of the Alumni Association, very involved in the university. And everything that possibly could go wrong went wrong. It was just a, basically a perfect storm for an MBA course. And uh, the recession hit in the early mid-70s, uh, energy crisis hit, enrollments went down at the three universities there. Uh, he had a manager stealing them, um, 
blind in a cash business. So he ended up moving up there, selling the nice house in the middle of the recession, got it to where it was breaking even and uh, found a buyer for 50 cents on a dollar. And he owed a couple million dollars in 1970s dollars, was advised to file bankruptcy and didn't just due to the fact that his constitution, uh, his values were, were, I'm never gonna leave anybody hanging out to dry. He didn't know how he was gonna pay him back, but he eventually did. So I, I watched all this, I grew up with all this, uh, along with him giving back um, just uh, in a tremendous way uh, in, in volunteer positions and always being available to help others. So that was instilled in myself and my siblings. So to get back in business, uh, he had a customer come to him and asked him if he would be interested in cleaning his business. He was cleaning uh, their buildings, uh, one of his former customers. He was 50 years old, broke, uh, and uh, we had a long talk. I was a junior in college, and I had always known I wanted to do something on my own, but at that stage, I didn't know quite what that would be. And uh, I said, well, with both of us, I don't see why we can't do it two or three times better than you did before. And I said, I'm in. And he said, okay, you get out of school next year. I took 23 hours. Uh, My last semester, I cleaned uh, a building seven days a week, my senior year, and gave up uh, playing hockey my senior year, which is like cutting off my arm. And uh, it all happened. So 45 years ago, October 1st, uh, we started out with nothing. We borrowed $36,000 from his best friend, and that was a start. So you, you see what works. You see what doesn't work. Uh, obviously, there's some very, very challenging uh, life learning lessons, and I've just always been one to learn and grow and learn and grow and learn and grow, and the most uh, is, I think, anybody and everybody will say the most beneficial uh, powerful uh, challenges and experiences are the ones where you grow the most. And uh, having seen those and then having the opportunity to try things, and I call it failing forward. As long as you're trying things and you're taking initiative and you're forging ahead, it may be two steps back, but in the long run, you're four or five steps ahead of where you were because you're, you're constantly pushing and it, it's, it's growing. And as I mentioned before, uh, we grew up with my four other siblings uh, with parents that were always uh, instilling in, a, in upon us that the more you give, the more you get. It's not to get it back, it just happens. And you know whether it's the secret, the universe, uh, God uh, and our faith, uh, that's the way the world's orchestrated uh, up above as far as I'm concerned. And, and I firmly believe that. So things do, uh, good things happen to good people. Uh, and it's just been, uh, you know, literally a calling in regards to the Buddy Fund. Uh, my father used to be very involved. He was uh, one of the, the first members and uh, uh, was very involved in it. And we went in business, we kind of, split our charitable endeavors up where he did his thing, I did mine, and uh, it worked out well when he couldn't be involved anymore just due to his, his age and situation. Uh, 
the putty finally had really, really started slipping and, and was barely being held together. And I had literally just, I had had a calling. It was make a difference, uh, make a difference with children, make a difference with disadvantaged at-risk kids. So lo and behold, uh, as I say, things are orchestrated up above. I was at uh, Buddy Blattner, who was the founder of the Buddy Fund's funeral. Um, and I went up to his son-in-law, who was holding it together, and he was uh, pretty tired at, at the time. And I said, I'd like to get involved. And he said, um, how about today? And I said, well, let's, let's bury Buddy and uh, bury Specs, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. So that's when I started about 15 years ago, uh, took over uh, shortly thereafter as, as chairman. And what we do is we provide sporting goods and equipment for disadvantaged at-risk kids through uh, recipient organizations, such as Boys and Girls Clubs, um, K-Live, uh, Police Athletic Leagues. So we provide the sporting goods and equipment and each year it affects, positively affects over 87,000 kids in the entire metropolitan St. Louis area. So when it comes to a disadvantage at risk uh, male in the city of St. Louis that doesn't graduate high school, uh, the chances, and this is a proven from uh, Officer Riley Robinson who ran the Police Athletic League, it's in the 80 percentile that if they don't graduate high school, that they will be incarcerated or dead by the age of 24. So those are incredibly sobering statistics and facts. And it's not just St. Louis, it's any um, area throughout the, the, uh, the country and unfortunately the world. So education's the key, keeping them involved in, in sports, life skills building programs and after school, before school activities, because these kids don't get a, they usually don't get a dinner. Uh, they usually don't get a breakfast. Uh, a lot of them don't know who their fathers are. Uh, their mother's either working three jobs or has substance abuse issues. And these are just the real facts. So what we do, and we'll have our recipient organizations they all say the same thing you all aren't changing lives you're saving lives and keeping wow, them off the streets because it's so easy to take the wrong turn uh and not have a moral compass and what ends up happening is they don't know they're in a gang and they are and then they get sucked into it in third grade and they've got cash they've got some nice jeans they've got the michael jordans well the kid across the street He's wearing a raggedy t-shirt and shoes that have holes in them from his older brother. And he goes to school hungry and um, gets his first meal at school and, and then gets lunch at school and then uh, has the opportunity to get uh, a meal after school at, at these uh, boys and girls athletic programs and, and recipient organizations. So it's incredibly gratifying uh, and I coined years ago a, a phrase, we, we can't do enough, uh, because the need out there is, is uh, so demanding. And when you see the impact that you have, you are, you are changing lives. You are saving lives. And we've got an all-volunteer board. We actually hired my first, uh, our first employee uh, was my executive assistant who spent most of her time on the buddy fund along with our business 
And uh, we've really turned this into a just an amazing, full-fledged, grown-up charitable organization. Uh, we've got committees. Uh, everybody just takes tremendous uh, pride and satisfaction in what we do, our mission, and the results that we gain. And what's really neat is we've got a uh, few suppliers that provide sporting goods and equipment, and they sell those to us at cost. So there aren't too many charities out there that I know of at all that can double the purchasing power. So every dollar we get that's donated uh, or granted to us, we turn that into $2 worth of purchasing power. And when you think about uh, a $10 or $20 basketball and what that one basketball does for a gymnasium at one of these uh, centers, uh, it affects dozens and dozens and dozens of kids. And then when you bring a, a dozen balls in or baseball equipment, football equipment and soccer balls, um, that's where we have the positive effects. And uh, as I said, it's just incredibly gratifying. We've, we now have a, uh, a young leaders uh, board and uh, they have their activities and fundraising uh, activities. We've got a, a, a kickball tournament coming up. Uh, it will be the second one. So uh, the passion that everybody, uh, young and old, uh, on our board is is it's just priceless. So I can I can go on and on, but we can definitely tell that that is your amazing passion, but it's amazing also legacy that you're carrying and how you're impacting others, which is fantastic. So I love how you brought up aspects of upbringing and what your father instilled in you and your siblings and how you stepped in to help and build the enterprise that you are very proud of today. Uh, but in the same time, how you're serving community. Um, because we know that even decades and decades ago, kids are underprivileged uh, and unfortunately not everybody gets a chance to even um, see what they're good at in terms of athletics. And having this obviously body fund, I, I feel like that's such a phenomenal way. And I love, I just want to, bring this up that um, distinction you said, it's not about just impacting, but also saving the lives and making this a lasting impact of foundation, showing the community cares. Um, it's just tremendous and I wanna kudos you for that. Um, so with those two beautiful things to kind of go hand in hand, uh, employing people that are looking and seeking opportunities, uh, being able to uh, make a better life for them and their families, as well as obviously using this uh, body fund uh, and opportunities for kids to explore what they're good at and, and also have um, choice and opportunities. Could you please share, obviously, uh, some of the some of the stories that really you felt like really brought your vibe back Why you're doing what you're doing? I'm sure that it's the one story that was always a great reminder to keep persevering and keep enduring all these ups and downs in your life, Tim. Yeah, well, I tell you, I, I had a, I was very, very blessed with a father that uh, had perseverance uh, like no other. Uh, so tremendous role model. He was my best friend. So to be business partners with him when we started out with nothing, um, I always had a, a very strong work ethic uh, that was never a problem and very goal oriented. So I always put it out there for some reason, when you commit to something, it, it happens. And 
who doesn't like winning? We all love to win. So we base the company around winning, um, but having fun along the way and having having goals. But kind of getting back to your, your question, what again is also very gratifying is when you look back and you say, we're providing a livelihood for over 4,500 team members. They're not employees, they're not associates, they're our team members. They are the most important team members in the entire company because they get the job done for us, for us and for our customers every day and every night. So we put them at the top of everything we do all the time and recognize them as much as we possibly can. So it's, um, it's not rocket science, but uh, it's, it's amazing when you look out over the horizon and you say, this is where we want to go and you share that vision and you get everybody on board with that vision and they are a part of it and they have ownership and they have uh, their fingerprints and, and footprints all over that journey. And then to take it from 1 million in sales to 12 million in sales and bill a million dollars a month, that was huge. And then getting the 25 million and then the to 50 million. Well, along the way, we're, we're developing team members and we're providing opportunities for them to grow and uh, expand their expertise with growth opportunities within the company and to be promoted and to take more on. We have a, I, I would tell the story hundreds of times, I bought a, um, a gentleman in our, in our company in Kansas City 20 three years ago, he was a million and a half dollars in volume and he's running about $80 million for us right now. So when you talk about the growth and the opportunities and treating everybody literally as, as partners, the way we have things set up and, and structured, we love to win, we love to grow, we love to celebrate and we love to do it again. So then we set the goal from 50 to 100. We were stuck at 50 for a long time. And I said, enough's enough. And I called it the moonshot. We're going to the moon and we're going to do it within this time frame. And we got everybody together and everybody set the priorities and owned how we were going to get there. And we did it in about half the time that we set out. We did it in, in less than four years when we had a seven year plan. And then we reached the moon and we just touched down at Mars about a month ago on the Mars <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, that was 150 million and now we're off to Jupiter for a $250 million journey and voyage. So it's exciting. It's fun. We're in a very, very, very tough business. It's a people business. Always has been, always will be. If it was that easy, all our customers would be doing it themselves uh, and they don't want any part of, of that. So uh, it's all about people. It's treating them right with dignity, respect, uh, paying them uh, a very fair wage and then recognize them as often as possible. And it's been a, a great, uh, a great journey and very rewarding and, and um, very gratifying, but to be able to do what we've done for, for others is probably the, the top of the list. 
I'm so amazed and kudos again, you're right. It's a very challenging and difficult, but to also someone who works closely with some of the top fortune 500 companies and knowing that you have clients as Visa, IBM, um, FedEx, some of the companies that are impacting the world in so many ways, and also to be in their environment and trusted partner to take care of, of their buildings and, and be able to take care of their needs speaks the volumes of your work ethics and quality that your company is providing. But also, again, uh, I love how you treat your employees because we're seeing huge issues obviously across US and everywhere international, but specifically in US right now, where people are not treated uh, as, as the biggest asset. And, and anybody, which I always keep saying, what is the biggest asset in companies? It's not technology and buildings itself, but people and everything else will be as a result of it, right? If we do that. And since like you're not only um, able to recognize them, but then also able to create amazing culture and environment. So kudos on that. Yeah, culture's, culture's king. Culture is everything. And it's something that we want to do uh, capture in the early 90s when labor was really tough. I said, I want to turn this inside out, upside out. I want to completely differentiate ourselves, find team members doing things right. Not just no news is good news. The rest is bad. It's going out of our way to find team members doing things right, making a really big deal about it. And then making it a great place to work. A want to, not a have to. And that's a big, big, big difference. And that all ties in with, with culture and and leading and and winning and and along with those recognition and uh, it's a lot of a lot of details thousands and thousands of locations every single day every single night and the expectation uh is there uh and it is out of sight out of sight out of mind meaning if our customers don't see it that means we've done a very good job if they see it that means we miss something mm-hmm. so uh those were the systems and the processes uh, and unique innovative solutions that we put in place that truly differentiate us uh, for that consistency um, so that, you know, it's, we're only as good as we were last night or today. And we got to do it again and again and again. I love that, that it's never jeopardizing the quality and, and, and always measures to those standards uh, and because it is the daily effort that accumulates over a period of time. But as you said, everything, if it's something missed, it's seen, and that's the problem. I love your philosophy. Obviously, I love your leadership here. You were on the Legacy Leader Show sharing what is all about and how to build timeless legacy that you know that you impact generations and generations to come around grooming future leaders, around showing what's possible, and also creating this ripple effect in community that has so many struggles and it is phenomenal. But you're also taking on another challenge where our paths crossed and which I'm super thrilled and also have a chance to also experience your uh, big heart and passion for your colleagues. I mean, the fact you give up playing hockey and possibility of being pro athlete and, and going beyond college uh, in, in hockey and opportunities 
that you've turned around and, and, and decided what's important to you and support the family, support your father and do things with him. And as a result, obviously, the rest is the history. Now you're also supporting one of your colleagues, you're one of your friends. You went together in school, together in college together and doing some amazing initiative with Drive for Five. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your passion, desire, and what are you up to with Drive for Five and Mark McIntosh, our colleague and friend, and uh, continuation of your amazing support? Yeah, well, Max, one of my best friends, and uh, we met in uh, fall of 1976, his pledges at the ATO House in Columbia, Missouri, and uh, didn't know who he was other than the fact that he was a three-sport All-American. And uh, I was just a, a high school hockey player at that point in time. <laughs> so uh, uh, it comes down to uh, respect and, and friendship. And those two words, you just don't get those, you earn them and you earn them mutually. Uh, yeah. It's like credibility, right? Uh, you just don't get it, you have to earn it. So uh, Max has been at the top of the list. Uh, his value said he always gives back with his, um, his value set and his commitment to a stronger cord, uh, which is uh, working with the homeless in the Denver community and wanting to expand that. So I've been um, comparing notes with him and on the buddy fund and a stronger cord. And, um, you know, an athlete like Mac uh, could have played pro sports. Me, not so much. Uh, but he could have probably taken his pick out of one, two, or three sports. And he had a, a very unfortunate accident his senior year playing basketball. And uh, it affected his, his opportunity to uh, continue on. So he switched courses and he said, I'm, I'm still going to be involved in sports, uh, but I might not be able to play. So he got his journalism degree went back to school and then uh, said, I'm gonna be around all the people that I love and, and what my passion is. Uh, so uh, he was a sportscaster for years in Denver covering the, the uh, Buffaloes and, and Broncos there and did an outstanding job. So uh, we stay in touch, we follow and all that. And then here's this guy who's just a, a specimen of health and it's where you scratch your head and and ask questions upstairs, you know, why? Well, we don't know why, but he and countless others out there get these uh, incurable diseases that come out of nowhere. And it's your attitude in how you deal with it and how you deal with adversity. And I'll tell you, Mac being a competitor, Mac being a leader, Mac being the uh, playing with the cards that he's dealt, never heard one complaint, never heard, uh, woe is me. Uh, it's, hey, we got this, this is what happened. We're gonna, we're gonna win, we're gonna overcome it, we're gonna do this. So sitting in a dialysis chair for the past eight, nine months for uh, four hours, three days a week, um, it's a bump in the road uh, for a guy like Mac. And along the way, he went to prayer group on a Friday morning and said, I need a new kidney. And they said, Mac, get over yourself. Find 5,000. Wow. Wow, wow. And you are now supporting and helping 
efforts of and reason I again bringing this up is you're already been involved in a lot of charitable giving and supports and community, but now you're also helping out and something that is very little spoke, spoken about and awareness simply, uh, you know, about live organ donation and just simply a reason why I'm again want to tie this together shows uh, what type of leader you are and how much. Uh, you are constantly contributing and, and carving. You're already living your legacy and already you uh, let, let that legacy or continue to live with that legacy. But you also have so much accomplished that's, that that leaving your legacy is already um, also um, set, set in a stone. But with this chapter in your life, if you can just tell us in closing uh, with everything you did and all this amazing wisdom, what would you like to be remembered for and what is left in the bucket list from Tim Merch to do um, that he would like to see beside now that you are headed to Jupiter, what other major milestones you would like to accomplish? Well, obviously uh, making a difference in others, whether it's in the company, as we continue to grow and prosper, uh, and provide a clean, healthy, safe, sanitary environment for all of our customers that they can feel good and safe and secure, especially coming out of COVID the past several years. Um, and those are those are things that, that, you know, the growth opportunities for our team members, those are just, just priceless. When you see somebody that wants to grow and, and then you hear they got a new car, or they bought their first house, um, it made... You know, certain people may take that for granted, but these are lifetime achievements for others. So, and just being very, very grateful. Uh, I think I've shared that I've used the word grateful and gratitude probably more in the past three, four, five years than I have in my entire life. And it's mm -hmm. it's the way the world works. I mean, you you give and you get, right? Helping Mac, uh, helping our our team, helping our customers, uh, whether it's at church, uh, being involved, uh, making a difference in others. And we are, I think, I don't think, I know we're put on this earth to serve and serve our family, serve our friends, serve our community, uh, serve our church, serve our Lord. And uh, I think those that get that are have the richest lives uh, in the world, whether they have you know, financial money or, uh, or anything tangible, but they are the, the true wealthy ones. Wow. I love again, that because, um, shows the foundation that we have to maintain our spiritual beliefs and also our emotional and mental mindset, where it's coming from on that, again, strong ethics, strong leadership that fortunately we're lacking of. And it's such a great example to highlight you, Tim, today and what you were able to do for St. Louis and general in Missouri and other states as a result of your work ethics and growth and trust of top brands to serve them through your 4M building solutions. And as you said, very tough business, very difficult, too many moving parts, too much going on, but then yet trust in your people, creating culture where uh, people know that they belong and creating now more and more efforts um, on larger scale for others to also benefit from. 
Um, thank you so much. And for everyone that is struggling, I, I love that you also tapped into faith and spiritual and religious belief there as well, because I always find working with people from so many different countries, how important it is to validate and, 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 and accept that because everybody comes from different backgrounds and that diversity and diverse way of thinking or can truly make huge impact also in shaping the culture. In closing, for everybody that is struggling, and we know that so many people are, either with their own companies that are not growing or with companies that are part of, they don't have as healthy culture or just simply emotional, personal stuff that are giving them challenge as our friend that where it's health may be related or whatever it is. What would you give them as a one piece of advice to persevere and keep going? You just said the word, uh, persevere and never, ever, ever get up. I've got, um, I can turn it, I don't know if you can see that or not, but there is a uh, sign up there that uh -huh. said, never, ever, ever give up. And you've got your days. We all have our days. We all have our our, our windows, uh, our challenges, whether it's personal business, family, health, uh, and those waves continue to come in, but it's how you deal with them. It's the Mark McIntoshes. It's the attitude. It's the can do. And I am going to overcome this. I will overcome this. And uh, I'm going to do the right thing. So it's a mindset. It's a paradigm. Uh, it's a choice. Uh, it could be, I've always said, it could be rainier nasty weather for a month straight, but it's a beautiful day. It's your choice. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.